The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. On the world stage, we're watching Russia, Iran, Israel, But while we are intensely watching these conflicts, there's still a lot going on in the background with China. You've likely noticed Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, visited with Chinese President Xi Jinping. That left a lot of people saying, what is exactly is going on? Are they going to kick Joe Biden out? Is Gavin Newsom going to step into this presidential race? Actually, the president, President Biden, he's having his own meeting with the president of China, or maybe we should say the dictator of China next week. And we're going to be talking all about this with Gordon Chang in a moment so we can fully understand what's going on behind the scenes with China as we watch everything else in the forefront with these other conflicts. But before Before I get to that, I really quickly want to talk to you about energy and health because you can't put a price on your own health. I stay energized and keep doing what I love every day because I get the maximum servings of nutrition of fruits and vegetables. I rely on balance of nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule to give me the maximum nutrition of 31 real whole fruits and veggies every day. Balance of Nature is giving all listeners 35% off any first preferred order plus free shipping with promo code TUTOR. Just go to balanceofnature.com and enter promo code TUTOR to get started today. Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule are powdered after an advanced vacuum cold process, keeping the maximum nutrition intact. Put your health first the easy way with Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule. Get 35% off your first preferred order shipped free to you with promo code TUTOR at balanceofnature.com. I feel confident about my health because of Balance of Nature. Check out all the testimonials from people just like you on their website to see how Balance of Nature is making a difference in their lives. Go to balanceofnature.com and get 35% off your first preferred order shipped free with promo code TUTOR. Now let's welcome in Gordon Chang to the podcast. Gordon is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the newly released China is Going to War. Gordon, thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you, Titter. So I want to really quickly go to what your thoughts are on Gavin Newsom's week visit to China. He said he was talking about climate change, which I personally find kind of hilarious because he goes to China, the number one polluter in the world. It's like, hey, could you could you help us out? I mean, what what's really going on behind the scenes with him visiting? I think this trip was a disaster on many fronts. Um, first of all, um, he was, was repeating Communist Party talking points about the U.S.-China relations. And, and even the awful Biden administration doesn't do that. So that was strike one. Strike two was that uh, electric vehicle. You know, I don't like them. I don't have one. Uh, I don't think I'll ever own one. But the point is, if you're going to sit in one, it should be an American EV. What Gavin Newsom did was he got into an EV built by BYD Company, China's basically national champion EV producer. So he was promoting Chinese products over American ones. That was just plain awful. And then, of course, that's strike two. Strike three is he runs over that little kid um, playing basketball. How weird was that? Yeah. You know, I... I can sort of excuse strike three, but strikes one and two, um, he should have been much better prepared. And I think that he showed that he was not prepared to deal with foreign policy challenges if he were, for instance, president of the United States. But what has, okay, I want to kind of unpack this a little bit deeper because I, I could argue the same thing with President Biden's administration. And I think there are people who have been in government for years, understand how it works. I mean, there are just even protocols of not walking in front of the president and not posting pictures of your special forces overseas. I mean, tiny things like that that are being screwed up. And I, I really feel like if those tiny things, if those mistakes are being made, and I shouldn't say tiny because it, doxing your special forces is a, gig, a gigantic problem. But if you have staff members that are that lazy, that are that sloppy, how much else is being let go behind the scenes? And how did this happen? There's a couple of things. You know, we all talk about uh, Chinese money to Hunter uh, Biden, which then got distributed to the rest of the family. And we're going to learn more and more about that. Money always leaves a trail. Um, I'm much more concerned about possible blackmail because Hunter Biden was on Chinese soil when he was especially troubled. And I'm sure that the Ministry of State Security and uh, all sorts of uh, Chinese government and Communist Party units have evidence of Hunter Biden's uh, conduct, which could be used to blackmail um, the father. And that's something that we would not know about. We'll get to the bottom of the money, but we may not get to the bottom of blackmail. But, you know, in addition to all of that, let's let's say that there was no money, there is no blackmail. We know that Joe Biden's instincts on China, like his instincts on almost every foreign policy matter, is just plain wrong. You know, Robert Gates, the former defense secretary, famously wrote in his 2014 memoir that Joe Biden, quote, was wrong on nearly every foreign policy and national security matter of the last four decades, unquote. And Gates is right. You know, Biden brings to his China policy views that were out of date a long time ago, clearly not appropriate now. And, you know, whether the reason is corruption, blackmail, or just being plain naive and stupid, the point is that Biden has not been protecting the United States from China. Biden is in that situation. But you do have, honestly, I don't have a better term for it other than a lot of useful idiots in the Democrat Party, like uh, 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is out there championing Hamas and talking about uh, from the river to the sea. And really, this is someone who doesn't know anything about the situation, I don't believe has done the research, certainly shouldn't be read into the security documents because she's not mature enough to handle it, in my opinion. But I think that we are in a real, a very dangerous situation with young people who are getting involved in government. We have a lot of, I I love the fact that we have young people getting involved in in government, but they're coming out of this. I hate to even say woke because I don't think it's enough. It's, it's been a teaching of leniency on enemies and leniency on enemies, not having strength is is when America falls. And I'm not saying that we're close to that, but I'm saying that having these people who think that there can be this kumbaya moment worldwide is, is so ignorant. How did we get to the point where we have congresswomen and men who believe that you can just everybody's just going to get along and we can have free trade? And, and honestly, Biden's meeting with Xi Jinping in San Francisco next week. They're talking about trade. They're talking about cybersecurity. This is after this balloon went across the country. This is after we had, we found out that all of our pharmaceuticals are being made over there and we didn't have anything during COVID. This is also in the midst of having a horrible fentanyl crisis in the United States. It comes directly from China. So how do we, how do we get people to understand that threat? That's that's a great question. And, um, you know, China, um, uh, with COVID, killed 1.1 million Americans. And I believe that um, whatever the origins of the disease were, that Xi Jinping, um, after it got out into the Chinese public, deliberately spread it beyond China's borders. Um, his regime lied about the transmissibility of the disease. And while they were locking down their own countries, and lockdowns are controversial, but by locking down his own country, he was telling the world he thought that was an effective way to stop disease. So while he was locking down his own country, he was pressuring the United States and others to keep their doors open to passengers from China. So that shows a malicious intent. So that's 1.1 million Americans, according to the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center. Um, but then again, there's the 70,000 Americans who died from doses of illegal Chinese fentanyl last year. And here, um, this is a failure of, uh, the, of President Biden and his predecessors to understand what's going on. Hmm. These fentanyl gangs in China are large. They're well organized. They could not exist in China's near total surveillance state without the approval of the regime. But we know that the regime promotes fentanyl sales from other things. And that is, for instance, Chinese diplomats provide cover to the gangs and the gangs launder their proceeds through the Chinese state, Chinese state banking system. So this is not some sort of criminal enterprise that, you know, you hear Biden talk about. This is the Communist Party deliberately killing Americans. And until we understand that, um, we will not be able to effectively deal with fentanyl. We should not be inviting Xi Jinping on our soil. He killed 70,000 Americans last year. That's murder. I mean, it blows my mind that we would allow him to come to the United States. Well, welcome him, host him. Yeah, I'll give you another example. Um, Biden always talks about, oh, it's important to have multinational agreements. Well, we're parties to the 1948 Genocide Convention, which requires us to prevent and to punish acts of genocide. Biden's own State Department declared what China was doing was genocide. Trump's State Department also uh, issued an official genocide declaration. 
we have do, do been doing virtually nothing um, to honor our obligations under the Genocide Convention. And what we should be doing is, first of all, arresting Xi Jinping when he gets on our soil and sending him to The Hague or Guantanamo or Supermax or something, because he has been committing genocide and crimes against humanity. And he's also killed Americans. And it's just unconscionable to allow him on American soil um, in the way that we plan to do. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Genocide is something we're suddenly hearing a lot about, and a lot of people are hearing that the Israelis are committing genocide, the Palestinians are committing genocide. I think it's kind of one of those terms where people don't fully understand what that means. So when you say that that's happening in China, who is their target and how are they doing this? The target are Uyghurs, Kazakhs, and other Turkic minorities um, who are racially different from um, the Han Chinese. Um, And China has a program um, to eliminate their um, racial and ethnic and religious consciousness. And that, according to the Genocide Convention, it's either Article 2 or Article 3, constitutes genocide, which is defined and is very clear. 
Um, in addition, um, you've got more than a million, perhaps many as three million Uyghurs who have been put into camps that meet the definition of concentration camps. Um, we know Uyghurs are dying in those facilities um, because China actually built a crematorium between two of those detention camps. Um, we know there's rape, uh, torture, um, and um, all sorts of heinous crimes. Um, this is um, this is genocide on an industrial scale in China, and the world has um, just ignored it. We, uh, especially Biden, um, Biden has allowed the products of slave and forced labor in China to come into the United States, and he has specifically facilitated that. Shame on him. I mean, we know that here in Michigan because we have this battery company coming to the state of Michigan. And this is something it's very interesting to me how little we actually know. And I say we as Americans actually know about what goes on in other countries. And it's to me, it's very risky with our national security for the population of America to not fully understand what happens in other countries, because I just watch kind of the conversation on social media about when we've talked about this Goshen plant coming in and and the instant reaction when we say we don't want these Chinese companies here because they're tapping into our cybersecurity, they're tapping into our communities, they're bringing people in here to spy on us. And overall, they do support genocide in their own country. I mean, this is, these are human rights violations to the highest degree. And yet, when you say that, you have the average American who is not saying this to be a nasty person. They're like, how can you say this? How can you be this nasty? How can you be this, you know, racist? And you, this is a terrible thing to say about these groups. How do we not, ha how have we been remiss in educating people of the dangers of our adversaries? Well, in general, um, American education has failed since the Cold War um, for a number of reasons. We just sort of felt that that was the end of history, as political scientist mm. Francis Fukuyama famously said. And so, therefore, we thought that we would integrate uh, bad actors into the international system. And by doing that, what we did was we tried to strengthen them because we thought that as they became more powerful, they would realize they'd have a stake in the international system and they'd become more responsible. Um, but clearly that was not the case and we have failed to um, uh, pivot. Um, and that's largely because the Communist Party has been able to develop many constituencies in the United States. And they do that, for instance, with, you know, that Goshen plant. They will create constituencies in the U.S. that make it in um, their interest to support Communist Party narratives. And by the way, Tudor, this is not just a democratic liberal problem. Um, some of the most virulent supporters of Communist Party narratives are actually conservative Republicans. Yep. Um, and so this is this is a problem that is across our political spectrum. And if we don't understand the malign nature of Communist Party intentions and their malicious tactics, we will lose our country. We are losing our country. Um, and we can go through that in a number of different ways. That's a long conversation. But the point is, the American people are oblivious to what is happening right now. And because of that, the strongest nation on earth, the strongest nation in history could easily fall. I think it's so key what you're saying there, because that that to me is why we have this overwhelming U.S. population that doesn't understand the danger, because 
Republicans and Democrats alike, especially if you're in the business of manufacturing something, whether it's plastic bags, steel castings, medicines, pharmaceuticals, a lot of these things have gone to China. So whether you are Republican or Democrat, there was this big push to take things to China. You know, we've moved from country to country, Japan to China, and it was, okay, this is where the, the inexpensive manufacturing is now. And we had this kind of global trade feel like this is a good thing because we can make things faster and less expensive and you really can get things. I mean, I remember our factory closed because so much was coming in from China and people were like, hey, we can get all of these shipped at one time. We just have to have a storage unit, but we've got a massive amount of stuff coming in from China for less than half the price. And so I understand that this has happened on both sides and there's and it takes a long time for people to feel like, well, that's not okay. You've talked about a complete decoupling from China. They have factories there that people live at. <laughs> I mean, this is what people don't understand is we can't do this in the United States. The way they manufacture in China, that can't come back to the United States. But decoupling, I mean, some of it could, but decoupling doesn't mean bringing everything back, it means going to countries that are friendly to us. And that's something that I think a lot of manufacturers have struggled to wrap their minds around because they feel like they're trapped by their end customer who's saying you have to get it this price and the only way to get it there is China. So how do you unravel that? We were wound so tight with China right now. How do you unravel it? Well, first of all, it, it takes leadership from the president of the United States. President Trump uh, made it clear he wanted factories off Chinese soil. He wanted manufacturing back in the U.S. He took a number of steps, including the Section 301 tariffs to do that. Um, but also he um, uh, renegotiated NAFTA into USMCA, um, which favored manufacturing in the Western Hemisphere. Um, you know, right now, when you look at the major trends in manufacturing and trade, they actually support manufacturing not only on this side of the Pacific, but in the United States as well. You're dealing with automation, you're dealing with AI, and that can be, and that is as cheap here as it is anyplace else in the world, um, which means that, that China's big advantage, which is labor costs, um, really are, are, I think, um, eroded very fast. And the other thing is that we, after the Ukraine war started, um, we can see that, uh, the safety of the skies and the seas is no longer guaranteed, um, which means that um, uh, manufacturing closer to consumers um, is going to be uh, more and more of an advantage. And this is as world trade starts to take a downturn. So, you know, for us, um, when you look at manufacturing incentives and the trends in making things in the good old USA, not everything will be made here, but we can make them in our hemisphere. Um, hmm. You know, for instance, Tudor, we've got all these migrants from South America and Central America coming into our country. That's because their societies are destabilized. If we were to manufacture in their countries, um, they'd have jobs, they'd have a stable uh, life, and they would not be coming to the United States. So we can encourage that as well. That's interesting. You talked about automation and how that can essentially hurt China. But it will hurt China more because they do have cheap labor because they have so many people there. So how does that affect their economy? And when their economy is strained, how does that affect their 
reaction to the rest of the world because you're not dealing with someone who I think that's the confusion that a lot of Americans have. This is not the Western world. It's not the same image of life. That's not the same worldview. So when they get threatened, how do they react? Well, Xi Jinping really has, um, I think now only one um, way to react in the, what the so-called reform era, which started at the end of 1978 in China. Um, the Communist Party basically said its primary basis of legitimacy was the continual delivery of prosperity. Now they can't do that because their economy is stumbling badly. And so their primary basis of legitimacy now is nationalism, which gives Xi Jinping um, the incentives to lash out in some way. He's got to create a foreign enemy. He's got eventually to make good on his words, which means on all probability war someplace in East Asia. And, and we are seeing some very belligerent activities on the part of the Chinese. And it's not just Taiwan, but it's even more so against the Philippines at two places, Scarborough Shoal and Second Thomas Shoal, um, where China is engaged in acts that could actually trigger history's next great war. So what we are, are seeing is a Chinese political system that now has incentives to act recklessly and to lash out. What kind of influence does China, do China and Iran have in areas like Central America, which they are struggling? They, there is the opportunity for those nations to also go in. I mean, if we're being honest, a vulnerable nation can be taken in a good direction or a bad direction if the wrong person gets there. Iran is, has uh, operatives all throughout Central and South America. Um, China is probably more influential in this hemisphere below our southern border than we are. Um, mm. So, yeah, they are um, extremely powerful. Um, and this is, you know, due in part to China flooding the place with money, but it's more um, a series of American presidents, basically all of them um, have, uh, well, all of them since the Cold War, have ignored um, our own um, hemisphere, the Caribbean. Mm. Latin America. Um, so really what we've got is this is our fault um, because we've opened the door to this. And by the way, in our, our, in our uh, drive to make China more powerful, we welcome China into multilateral institutions like um, the development banks in, in our hemisphere. So this is our fault. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a big debate going on for the president of the United States. Um, I think you and I both agree that Joe Biden is not the right person to be president and to win the presidency in 24. So what are you looking for from this debate on the Republican side? And who, who would you say is best positioned to change what we just talked about? I don't do domestic politics, um, but, you know, the couple of things are obvious. And, and one of them is that um, President Trump has shown in a number of different areas, not just China, that he is willing to um, change things completely. And mm-hmm. so I think Trump has the mentality to, um, to basically change our policies on China. He started it. He turned his back on five decades of engagement policy, which was a great thing. Um, he didn't complete it. He didn't have the time to do that. Um, but I think that he has the inclination. Um, mm-hmm. When you start looking at some of the other candidates, um, I do get distressed at some of the things that they say about foreign policy. But the one person apart from President Trump that I like on, on China is Nikki Haley, who, it, um, you know, during the debates has been very, very good on China issues. Um, yeah, I have liked what she said her, about fentanyl. And other things as well. Um, and we have some candidates who've said things about Taiwan, which to me are, well, maybe not incomprehensible, but clearly are ill-advised. So um, basically, one other thing I should mention, and that is whoever the next president is, Republican or Democrat, Trump or not, we're not going to be driving policy. It's going to be China. China has been um, fueling the war in Ukraine. It fueled the October 7th attacks against Israel. It is behind um, the the insurgencies that look like wars in North Africa. So whatever the president is, whoever it is, is going to have to defend ourselves because I think it's going to become pretty obvious. American is under America is under attack. There have now been 38 attacks on American forces in Syria and Iraq. Um, one person has died. Um, about 35, 36 or so have been injured. Um, this is not going in the right direction, Tudor. Before I let you go, I want to ask you something about that, because I've noticed that you've been tweeting quite a bit about that, and you've been tweeting that it's time to pray. It's time to turn our focus to God. This is something that our new House Speaker, 
is talking about as well and was recently asked, well, where do you get your decisions from? How do you see the world? And he said, well, if you open a a Bible, then you'll see my worldview. And that made the mainstream media go crazy. And they have just, they've called him a Christian nationalist. Like this is some kind of monster that this guy reads his Bible to get his worldview. And, And it has really, I mean, it has distressed me so much because I think I see what's happening right now with these people tearing these posters down of of loved ones that are lost, that are are kidnapped, people want them back. And we have the mainstream media who is saying, you cannot talk about your faith. You can't talk about it. It's disgusting if you talk about your faith. You so boldly go out there every day and tell people to pray. What do you think is the future of this country if they can extinguish Christianity? Yeah, I don't think the U.S. survives if that happens. Mm-hmm. No, we have a president who's a Catholic, but who is not governing according to his faith. And he's presided over the most rapid collapse of American foreign policy, America standing in the world in our lifetimes. Um, And right now we have what looks like the beginning of um, a global conflict with wars in Europe, effectively a war in Africa and a war in, in Middle East, which is Asia. So that's three continents. And the media won't, you know, you know, looks like won't talk about Biden's faith um, and his failure to not follow his faith. So I've, I find it really distressing, which is one of the reasons why I tweet about prayer, because not that I'm especially religious, but I am especially concerned about the direction of this country. And I do believe that we need to pray and we need to renew our faith in God. And if we mm. do that, we'll be OK. If we don't, we won't. There are so many right now, all of these young activists who are, they're looking for something bigger. And it's funny because I've talked to so many experts in why are these young kids who aren't connected to this cause, whether it be BLM or Palestine, that they haven't had a real life experience, but they're going and they're being drawn into these causes that are causing a lot of destruction and damage. And a lot of folks have said, well, it's this lack of faith because faith has always given you something to believe in that's bigger than yourself. And so there is a direction to go. There's like a, I mean, a guidebook when he said he looks to the Bible for his worldview, it's a guidebook, right? That's the word of God. And that as that has deteriorated, we have seen a country that has more depression, that has more more activism that is misplaced. And a lot of people that a lot of young people that are striving for something, but they just can't seem to find it. And I think it's, it's kind of, I feel like it's time for us to speak up and talk about what prayer does for those who are faithful, and how there is a higher power that guides us. And I think, when I saw this, you know, I saw the chaos with this speakership. And I, I kept thinking, this is crazy. We've, we're making, we're bringing problems upon ourselves. Why are we going through this? But then I was reminded, God always has a plan and it's always good. When I saw all of these attacks against Speaker Johnson's faith, because I thought all of these people are now seeing him calm. He doesn't get rattled. Just, hey, this is who I am. And that's where I go for my information and I will lead. And I'm anxious to see where God takes this because I think it could be very cool. You know, Tudor, the, in, in China, which uh, the regime is relentless um, in its persecution of faith, the one thing it can't do is it, it can't stop the growth of Protestant Christianity. And um, 
that tells you a lot about mm-hmm. uh, renewal through faith. And, and we should take that as an example, and we should be heartened by it. We're in a free country. We have to do all we can um, to renew faith in God. And I believe that that will happen. Um, as you say, God works in mysterious ways. And I do believe that he does have a plan, and that plan will save us. I agree. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It was a great conversation. Gordon Chang, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Tudor. I had a blast and I appreciate the opportunity. Of course. And thank you all always for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Check out TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.